0: Welcome aboard the Edge of AI podcast. Snap into your safety belt
1: and prepare to explore the depths of the rapidly expanding AI universe. Each episode is a dispatch featuring
2: hyper-relevant reports from the pilots, pioneers, and passengers aboard the AI rocket ship. We explore the latest use cases and developments
1: in AI hear from experts building tech, and learn how this disruptive force is transforming industries and society.
0: Hi, everyone. This is Josh Krieger, one of your Edge of AI captains. While we're on break between seasons, we had a chance to travel to Dubai for the General Assembly for Artificial Intelligence, and we encountered some very special pioneers in the world of AI. In today's show, we explore the unique relationship between the Dubai government and private sector that has catalyzed innovation in the AI sector. We also learn why one UAE startup created a metaverse journey that simulates the colonization of Mars in 2117. And lastly, we check out our demonstration of an exciting new text-to-image AI technology application. Stay tuned for the details, and let's venture into the UAE's most futuristic ideas on this special episode of Edge of AI podcast. Hi, everyone. Josh Kruger here, co-host of Edge of AI, and I'm live in Dubai. It's an action-packed few weeks, and this is day one. I'm here at the Dubai Assembly for Generative AI. It's exciting to be here, and I'm here with Gahey Rahman, who is one of the senior managers for DFF, and we're going to learn more about what you guys are up to. Thanks for having us.
1: No, thanks for having me as well.
0: Yeah, it's our pleasure. There's a lot going on out here. Yeah, there's um, a lot. You guys have been busy building. I guess this is your second year of doing this event. But yeah. before we get into that, let's just sort of start with a little bit more. What is DFF all about?
1: Yeah, definitely. So DFF is an interesting organization. We have a very cool mandate. We sit somewhere between government and private sector in the sense that we are a government entity, but we're allowed to kind of experiment with new business models, emerging tech, and really engage government primarily on everything from future foresight over the next three to five years, capacity building and training, and also applying everything that we've learned from the previous two into an accelerator model or an application model in acceleration, or it could be sandboxing, or it could be piloting. Now, all of this is around emerging technology and how it impacts government, but also any of the new business models that are emerging that are impacting the way government works. And if you don't know Dubai well and the UAE, government is both the business or the service provider, and also the regulator. So there's double pressure on them to innovate. So what we do is we help them understand the next three to five years of their sector, where is it going Right by doing a bit of forecasting and scenario building, but also helping them experiment with everything from autonomous cars, new technology models that are based on blockchain, artificial intelligence. So we try to push the edge of government when it comes to all these things.
0: That's very cool. So it reminds me of my world in a past life. I worked in the federal government sort of helping consult on open government initiatives and innovation. With some agencies that really don't naturally sort of progress that rapidly. Yeah. So you're sort of accelerating government in some unique ways. How do you think Dubai is different in that sense of that relationship between government and the private sector, yeah. particularly around emerging technology? Yeah. I'm just curious.
1: No, that's a very good question. So look, the difference again, is that we push a lot of advancements or we push a lot of the agenda when it comes to looking at, you know, what else is new out there in terms of tech, in terms of, again, business models. So we drive that agenda and we work with the private sector to deliver, right? Government has historically been the main, let's say, spender or driving force behind the economy, but it's always been actually hand-in-hand with private sector because we know we don't always have all the answers all the time. So there's the model of co-creation. There's a model of piloting, testing, and seeing what that, what kind of benefits does that have for government. And here, government is really primed for one bottom line, which is the public good, right? So a lot of the work that we do, the main output is, can this become a new public or government service that the public can use, right? That can make their life easier, improve on current government uh, services, and just make the entire place as a city a better place to live.
0: Makes a lot of sense. So how does the general assembly that we're here at uh, fit into that sort of set of objectives?
1: So what we do in the assembly is we take what we do at DFF over the course of one year, and we do it over two days. And we found a massive need to educate and expose leaders in the government and private sector to the impact of emerging tech. And every year, we hear of a new trend or a new blockbuster, let's say, of, of emerging tech in a year. So last year was Metaverse and Web3. We dedicated a two-day event around that. This year, is obviously generative AI. Mm-hmm. Next year...
0: Yeah, that is the hot topic.
1: Exactly. Next year, we don't know, but we sort of already have a few ideas. But we try to take that hot topic from a hyped, basically full of media steroids, topic into really digging down into what it actually means. And we have five verticals across the assembly. We have, for example, this year's theme is generative AI. So, we do a generative AI 101 where we demystify the tech. We talk about why is generative AI a hot topic. It's a branch of artificial intelligence. It's been here for a while, but why is generative AI the hot topic now? Decades. Decades, exactly. So, but why is generative AI now the hot topic? Also, what is the difference between the consumer version of using ChatGPT or Bard? versus when you apply it on an enterprise level, right? These are the kind of questions that is probably on their hindsight. And then we look at economic use cases of what other sectors are doing, some examples of how they've implemented large lifelong or, you know, LLMs within their organizations. How are they using their data across different sectors? Then we look at the role of AI with other emerging tech and how it's improving and increasing their development. And then we look at the role of big tech and small tech. These are kind of the themes that we tackled to give decision makers who attend the assembly, because it's an invite only event only for them, a much more deeper look into that technology rather than giving them a flat outlook of it that probably doesn't doesn't give them the full picture.
0: Very cool. And in your role, did you have a lot to do with the curation? Definitely.
1: Yeah. So the curation of the content all sits with us. So we lead it.
0: All right, so I'm going to ask you a difficult question. It's kind of like picking your favorite child, but as someone who's sort of intimately familiar with the curation of this event, what are some of the highlights for you personally that you're excited
1: about? Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, one of the things that we always go through before we plan the assembly is we go on a massive learning curve around the technology itself. So last year we did it around metaverse, and we really had to dig deep into understanding who's doing what in the metaverse space and immersive experiences. And you know, we grew the fluff and really come up with something that's solid. Yeah. The difference here, obviously, that. yeah. The difference here is that it's the same process, but there's a lot that's being built in generative AI because it's happening now. Metaverse, it's still, we're still way, way early for it. So I think the learning curve is super interesting, and that's the best part. But through that, you get to understand what big tech players are planning on doing, what's their ethos when it comes to generative AI and NLMs versus what some of the smaller companies are trying to do and what their ethos is. And that dichotomy sometimes, sometimes they have a similar common denominator, but they're clearly out to do very different things. So some of the sessions that I was really interested in were the the Microsoft session, because we had the VP of Azure globally talk about what their plans of AI is and how they're transforming Microsoft into an AI company dedicated for for the space. They're very
0: focused on AI. 100%. Uh,
1: But also we have some of the smaller ones like Hugging Face and, and the others that are looking at building an ecosystem around LLMs where... Multiple people with different data sets and technologies can build on that, on top of that. And they're taking the GitHub approach of generative AI versus the other big tech. So it's interesting to see how both these roles either clash or play harmoniously together. So for me, that's the most interesting part.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, we love this type of stuff, and I'm sure it'll be a chance to collaborate more in the future. Yeah. For those that don't know where to learn more about you guys, where can they find DFF in um, sort of Web3?
1: At the moment, the best place is our website because it has all of our projects, both previous and current, but also... And that's what's uh, a
0: website handle?
1: Yeah, yeah. DubaiFutureFoundation.com. So you'll find it all there. And a lot of the upcoming projects, we push them a lot on our socials because we have a community of startups that we've been curating for the past six years that we've been working with and bringing them here to Dubai to work with governments. We have a massive pool of them. So whenever we have an interesting project around emerging tech that wants to whether a government entity wants to test and play around with, we reach out to that community, we reach out to the scouts. We publish it on social media, so it's always there. And everybody can have access to it. People from the States can apply, from South America. We've had a lot of companies from South America, Europe, Asia. So, yeah, that's how to read it.
0: All right. Well, that's where folks can go to learn more. Really appreciate you spending a little time with Thank us. Thank you I know for having me. have a lot me. going on. Yeah, And appreciate uh, it. let's stay in touch.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Hi, everyone. Josh Krieger here with Edge of NFT, live in Dubai. I'm actually at the General Assembly for Artificial Intelligence. This is their second year, and I was greatly appreciated to be introduced to Amin al He is the CEO of Bidu, and thanks for uh, joining us on the show.
3: It's a pleasure, Josh, for sure. It's an interesting topic to be a part of.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're at this edge of innovation. We talk a lot about Web3 and its intersection with AI, and I've learned that there are folks across the world that are thinking about this intersection as well. Before we get into the details there, maybe you can just give us a little background yourself and Badoo.
3: Yeah, definitely. I basically come from a heavy tech background. All my career have been in the tech industry, specifically in the private and multinational organization. Uh-huh. I've been part of product development service offering for all my career. For the last, let's say, seven years, I've started my own ventures and collaboration with governments or in collaboration with colleagues and co-founders. Our latest venture is in uh, what we started is Bedou, which is an Arabic word for Bedouins, the nomad. And we, Allow me to basically elaborate on the name because Bedouins love to discover and in any part of the world, not just in the Middle East, but they love to discover the land and they are famous of prospering the land that they are in. And this is where we would like to inject that value within Bedouin. We would like to discover in this emerging tech world. This is why in the last two years, Bedou focused a lot on the Web3 space, a lot in the digital assets, blockchain use cases. We can elaborate further during this podcast. Now we are Setting up Bedou to become more of a venture studio, a startup studio, that with the same model collaboration with tech companies and governments convert ideas into businesses and products. And how can we eventually spin off these products to become successful businesses and startups that actually contribute to the ecosystem that we have?
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So obviously, there's been a lot of innovation in the Web3 space over the last two years. It feels like it's been two decades and a lot of different possibilities for what can be co-created. But you guys settled on two particular projects that have come to life. I'm really curious why you chose those projects and how that journey has been for you. And then we'll talk a little bit more about AI, but the first one you said is 217?
3: It's uh, 2117. 2117,
0: I skipped a one. So 2117.io, what's that all about?
3: It's an interesting, it's our flagship project, by the way. It's a metaverse uh, journey that we started more than a year and a half ago. I need to tell you the vision behind it. So there's a vision here in the country owned by the ruler of Dubai, Highness Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid. And there is a team dedicated to basically make this as a reality, which is building a first habitation and a colony on a red planet, Mars, in year 2117. Okay. So with that vision, we collaborated with them. We partnered with the Mohammed bin Rashid Space Center to create that kind of simulation into the metaverse, into the virtual world. And this is what we have launched last year. We have been partners here in the assembly last year. And we showcased our metaverse project 217. It's already live. There are already users are actually on that platform. We are continuously building and developing it. But the whole story comes behind that vision. How can we build a virtual reality space that can create a vision that most of us will not really live to witness? And we bring it that. It makes you want to try, right? It, well, it makes you want wanna... to. No?
0: There's longevity medicine out there today that wasn't there even 10 years ago. So maybe there's a chance we can be there on Mars together.
3: Yeah. The beauty is we can envision how real estate is going to be at that time, how education will be at that time, how social interaction will be at that time. So this is the whole story behind it. And yeah, we have been basically extremely busy in this project. The market changed, the hype changed, and this is why we're trying to now influence more AI into it.
0: Makes sense. But at the same time, I mean, there's some real exciting aspects of the opportunity to sort of take this virtual journey to Mars. Was there anything in terms of what you learned about what it would mean to colonize Mars that surprised you in terms of what that experience would be for you and for future generations?
3: You're talking about real uh,
0: (laughs) projects? Well, I mean, we're up there on Mars. You developed this metaverse. What are people going to see if they go to this metaverse that sort of you learned about in the process of building it?
3: So we took it as a real journey. So we took it as people are preparing the takeoff from Earth. So we are in year 2117. And now people are actually going through the journey to prepare for that travel. And then we actually build these assets. We build the assets also in partnership with them. So we designed the spaceships, we designed the space pod, we designed the homes, the districts, and people are now part of that journey traveling to Mars. And there is a journey that's going to happen there. There's a time period that they're going to spend basically interacting in the spaceships, attending events there, and socializing, networking. So, so does
0: your own home in Mars look different than yours here in uh, Dubai? Yeah,
3: for sure, yeah. It has to be, I wouldn't say it has to be futuristic, because we don't know how design going to change by that time. Right. But yes, we have our own touch. If you, People who are actually going to visit the website, they're going to have a glimpse of how it looks like.
0: certainly fun to think about. And then you also had another project, a UAE NFT. Could you tell us a little bit about that one?
3: That's more our experiments on the blockchain side, our experiments on the digital asset side. We have launched several projects that has to do with art, has to do with loyalty and membership programs, where we see how can we use the smart contracts and blockchain to provide different tools for the market. For example, our latest project, it was related to our metaverse, but it was more what kind of the process and the tools that we can bring in where people can create their own NFT by customizing the art piece that they are interested in. So it's not that they are just going and buying an NFT, they are actually contributing in the creation of the NFT by the selections of different elements that they are going through of the gamified process that we have created. So. We wanted to experiment in that space under the brand UENFT, under the product UENFT, in multiple fronts. And eventually, these can be used in different real-case businesses. I'll give you an example. In real-life business, we, could, we have been talking about fractionizing real estate for a while. Sure. It's been discussed for a decade. It has been a topic for a while. There are separate companies, as an SPV, that came out where they managed to fractionize real estate. But tokenized, few of them maybe have attempted regulations come into play. There's so many complications there. So what we have been doing, building the tools that are enabling that kind of project to happen. So when we go and we pitch it to such entities, we have proven records of such projects that use these different process, different tools that can be enabled and can be put together to create that product. So yeah, UE NFT is our experiment into the NFT space. Uh, How do we use NFTs? What could they mean for us in real world and in real world assets, me, to be very specific?
0: Cool. And here at the assembly, you have an exhibition which will show our listeners, our viewers after, after some of that video of it. But what brings you here and sort of how are you looking at the power of generative AI in terms of not only these other projects that you've done, but also other potential projects moving forward?
3: Yep. So, as I said, I think maybe I hint that the market started to change and started to shape. And as a startup agile company, we had to basically also adapt and navigate through the emerging tech that's happening around us. We had an idea of bringing generative AI into the virtual reality building or metaverse building, where people through interaction with generative AI can actually build their spaces. But then we said, why can't we basically start even scaling that up? And start using generative AI in businesses. How can we handle structured and unstructured data? So, this is what we are showcasing here in the event. We are partnering with the Bay Future Foundation in showcasing two different elements, different sub products, let's call them at the moment, MVPs that we are we're bringing in. One of them has to do with uh, the digital assets side, where through voice commands and voice prompts, a digital asset gets created automatically. Eventually, we can take that to a 3D assets and then a complete asset that exists in the metaverse. The other use case has to do more in the business front. As I said, taking huge amount of data, be it structured, unstructured, be it media, video, pictures, attachments, databases that I'm connecting to. And then with a similar look of chat style, I have a private chat interaction with my enterprise data that I am also open for public. Yeah. So now I can forecast... How can I improve a specific KPI by X percentage? Because now I have access to my data and I have access as well to external report that I can drag and drop into that chat. So this is what we are showcasing in this participation in the assembly.
0: I think that's a, a very powerful use case for all enterprises, right? Because search engines are only so effective at getting people to exactly what they need and how, and the amount of data that companies have has proliferated immensely in the last few decades so search isn't enough. You can still spend a lot of time looking for something and not find exactly what you need. Whereas with AI, whatever you need is at your fingertips. So.
3: Yeah, it's, it's not only search. Search for sure is a big added value, but then you you include planning, you include options project of decision making, project management. Hmm. And keep in mind, these showcases that we are doing also fits in the overall arc of our mission at Bedu where we venture into tomorrow's ideas, where we basically try to prove that these ideas has a market fit for them. And if there is, if they are validated, then they are spun off as separate business ideas and products that can be monetized in other markets.
0: Very exciting. And so how can um, folks that are listening sort of collaborate with you and learn more about what you do?
3: There is a lot on our website, first of all, in AI. We are very active in all social channels, myself, the team, on Twitter, we have our own Discord as well for the community members that owns the digital assets that we have. So definitely they can. If they are here in Dubai, we are here tomorrow. I'm not sure if this podcast will be, will be aired by that. But again, on the come website. To, if, come, why if, not come, come, to come to Dubai? Dubai. Come, come to Dubai. To Dubai.
0: That's the easiest way to collaborate. Come to Dubai, hang many,
3: out. Many of our stakeholders have said it. I guess I would repeat what they said. We aim to make Dubai and Dubai going to be a hub for many of the emerging techs and many of the future Technologies that we see coming in, in the region and it's not just because of the vision It's how this vision is being translated from infrastructure point of view and not only tech infrastructure the infrastructure from city entertainment facilities uh, Hospitality and all of that make sure that when a startup wants to basically shine and boom There is a right ecosystem that supports us regulations as well Talents a lot of attractions of talents that happens in the region. So that come to Dubai and let's have a chat I will reach out to us to social channels and then we are more than happy to basically have an interaction.
0: Well, thank you for your time today. I learned a lot. I'm going to definitely be following you all. You're at the edge of inner- innovation for sure and uh, excited about what you're doing in this space.
3: Thank you so much, Josh. Thank you so much. Pleasure.
0: Hi, everyone. I am here at the Dubai Assembly for Generative AI getting to know the team at Badoo and they are showcasing some really cool technology here. I'm at their Expo and... It's all about text-to-image technology. So tell us a little bit more about what you're up to here. And by the way, I should say this is Iman, who's the creative lead at Badu. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet
2: you, too. So at Badu, we are a venture studio, and this is one of our ventures. We are going into voice art. Voice art is basically a generative AI that takes speech prompts and creates digital assets and art. So basically, you go and describing... Your scene, and it generates whatever you're saying
0: so these are some examples of that the,
2: these are some examples and what we're doing basically this is components for what we're creating as part of our ventures also include virtual spaces so this is currently an asset that can be fed into this virtual space for example the metaverse and what we see this becoming is also creating 3D assets and not just 2D, that what we're doing right now.
0: Yeah, that's very exciting. And I can see how this opens up the possibility so many other people can be created that maybe aren't sort of, don't have a refined brush stroke, right? Like they have an idea in their head and now they don't have to worry about sort of how hard it is to express that and work in images because now this tool can help them with that, yeah, right? It's
2: funny actually, even with artists, that i am surrounded by they could also utilize this tool as a reference sometimes you have so many ideas you don't know how to put them into paper or digital or whatever form that you want to create it with so sometimes you just speak to this ai let it do its work give you this reference and then you go from there it's a good way to like have this human touch still where you're coming up with ideas but the ai is helping you put it together give you an idea of what it could possibly be.
0: Absolutely. And is this tool out in the wild? Can anyone use it yet? Or is it still closed beta?
2: Yes, we're currently still in beta. And this is just a prototype to show what's possible. What's going to be next is probably, like I mentioned, 3D assets, different things that can be fed into a bigger world, a bigger space.
0: Very cool. Well, thanks for taking some time to tell us what you're up
2: to. Thank you.
4: The views and opinions expressed on Edge of AI reflect solely those views and opinions of the show hosts and its guests. Please make sure to do your own research. While we make every effort to ensure that the information about AI technology is accurate and up-to-date, we cannot guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or timeliness. We make no representations or warranties of any kind with respect to the information, products, or services discussed. Please be aware AI may occasionally generate incorrect or misleading information and produce offensive or biased content. Under no circumstances shall we be liable for any loss or damage, including without limitation, indirect or consequential loss or damage, or any loss or damage arising from loss of data or profits arising out of or in connection with the use of technology discussed on our podcast. Additionally, our show is not financial advice. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk. Whenever making financial decisions, we recommend doing your own research and talking to your accountant for financial advice. Lastly, time to time, we may feature sponsored content on the show for which we receive value, and we may share links for which we receive a commission if you make a purchase through one of these links. Refer to our website, edgeofai.xyz, for our full disclaimer, terms and conditions, privacy policy, and copyright notice.